Wednesday, December 27, 2017. This is Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. Just two days after Christmas, I hope everybody is enjoying the holiday season and Whichever way you recognize this time of the year, I hope that you're getting time to spend with friends, family, or maybe just enjoying some deserved time off. This week's featured interview is with Navy veteran Billy Hurley. Billy is the only veteran currently on the PGA Tour going into 2018. He graduated from the Naval Academy after a successful tour in the Navy, got out to pursue a career in golf. Billy talks to us about his service in the in the military, his transition out, pursuing a career in golf. He tells us some cool tidbits about his career and how his military career has contributed to his success today. Enjoy. VA's round-the-clock hotline can put veterans who are homeless in touch with the resources and support they earned through their military service. Call 877-424-3838. So, Billy, we, we, we start these interviews uh, with a question uh, that all of us uh, veterans have in common, right? And that's the decision to join the United States military. Uh, bring us back to that decision for you. Well, it was a... My first interest was when I was pretty young, you know, I, I, I'm told, I actually don't remember this, but my mom tells me that when I was in eighth grade, I told her I wanted to go to the Naval Academy. And, um, like I said, I, I don't actually, you know, remember telling my mom that, but, but it doesn't surprise me because I kind of fell in love with the Academy really in between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. I, I don't have any family that went to the Naval Academy, but I have, uh, kind of, many of my dad's friends that did or, or, or dad's friends, parents that did. So we had like, you know, family friends who went to the Naval Academy, but no direct family. And so I got a tour of the Naval Academy. I guess I was probably 15 years old and uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year of, of high school. And it was from a retired Admiral, Admiral uh, Charles Mentor, who's, who's since passed away, but he was superintendent of the Naval Academy back in the seventies. And, um, and and so he he gave me a, a tour of the place and uh I just I fell in love with it and that was that was kind of it that was um what I wanted to do that was where I wanted to go to school it's what I wanted to be a part of yeah and so, uh, you know I, I went through the rest of high school knowing I wanted to go to the naval academy and then and then do the navy afterwards so what did uh what was your occupation then in the navy I was a service warfare officer so I was uh, mostly on small boys, uh, exclusively on small boys. I was on a cruiser and a destroyer um, as a service warfare officer. Yeah. So the, you know, the name of the, the podcast is Born the Battle, and we know not, not every veteran has seen literal combat. Uh, some have. But um, if you could give us an experience that you had in the military that where you faced some sort of adversity or challenge and how you dealt with it. Well, yeah, like you said, I was I was never in like direct combat. I did spend a number of months in the in the quote combat zone over in the, in the Persian Gulf and, and Red Sea, and so, you know, we 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 kind of did the the real world stuff, so to speak. Um, even though you know we never got shot at or never were, um, you know, in in kind of true harm's way, if if that makes sense. But um, I think that. You know, it, adversity certainly isn't unique to, to combat itself. You know, it, it certainly is heightened 
I, w- I would imagine in in direct combat, but it's but it's you know there's there's many adversity like little tiny adversity pieces nearly in everyday life, and and certainly on board a ship that's that's no different. I think that you know the ones who who can kind of make a plan to to overcome things or or um or oftentimes in the navy we talked about pre-planned responses so you know we, we practice and drill for things and if this happens we already know the answer we're not we're not actually trying to make up an answer but, but i think that you know having thought through a lot of different scenarios helps you deal with them when they come and help you deal with adversity in that way so uh was was a golf career your was that the prompt for your decision to to get out of the navy it was yeah my my senior year of the naval academy i kind of got really good and and kind of got some national exposure at the collegiate level and 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 kind of you know every every 18 20 year old who who plays you know high school college golf has a dream of playing on the PGA tour but it it was really you know a pipe dream kind of thing when I was when I was 18 20 years old and then when I was senior it was like whoa this is actually maybe you know something I'm good enough to do like I'm you know now in the circles with with the guys who are kind of destined for the PGA tour and that's kind of what their you know the future holds for them you know and now I'm kind of in in the sentence with them too and and so um you know I think I would still be in the navy if I if I didn't kind of have golf that I wanted to get out and do so um well, I'm going to kind of straddle two storylines here, but first with knowing, so you said like your senior year, you were confident you were good enough to go pro. How did you maintain that skill level enough to know that you would be able to get out and still compete at that level? Oh, I didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> um, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, there were periods of, of my five years active duty where I got to play a lot of golf, and there were periods where I played, you know, little to none golf. And and so it was uh, – there there were no guarantees. You know, I definitely uh, – you know, you could, you, could, you could argue that I, that I took a really big risk when, it, when I got out to, to pursue golf. But it was something that I, you know, knew I wanted to do, um, you know, give myself a chance and, and see how – see how far I could go. And, um, so, you know, in, in, in one sense it, it, it was, it was not a decision because it was kind of like, well, I have to do this. Like I have, you know, in, in another sense, like you could, you could make a case that it was a, a pretty weighty decision because there was a, a high, high level of risk and an unknown in, in doing it. So what, um, what, what's the time frame then between, uh, you, fully separating from the military, uh, at least from active duty and you becoming, uh, a professional golf, like you, you have started a professional career in golf. Well, golf's kind of an interesting, interesting sport. Cause all you really have to do to be a professional in golf is just raise your hand. Um, <laughs> any, any, anybody can kind of say, oh, I'm a professional golfer. Okay, good for you. Now you got to go make money doing it. Right. So I guess but, maybe, um, maybe that point then when but, you, no, when you were living off of golf. Right, right. So, so I spent, so I got out of the Navy in the summer of 2009 and I spent about a year and a half on, on what we call mini tours, which is no better than professional gambling. Everybody brings a thousand dollars and the winner leaves with more of it than, than, than the loser. 
and it, it you know it, it kind of the the players make up the prize money and the purse whereas you know on the PGA tour sponsors make up the prize money and the purse you know we don't actually pay anything to play we have all of our expenses to travel and all that kind of thing but we don't actually you know pay an entry fee so I spent about a year and a half doing that and then in the uh, late 2010 I advanced through Q school the qualifying school for the PGA tour and and I didn't make it to the PGA tour but I made it to the what's called the web.com tour and um so 2011 was was my uh, year on the on the web.com tour, which is kind of the developmental circuit. You could call it AAA baseball, and um, it, it's a super high level of golf, just as AAA baseball is. There's just not enough spots, you know, each week for the for the amount of great players that are in this world to to play on the PGA tour. And so I kind of advanced through that in 2011, and my rookie year on the PGA tour was 2012. So, I mean, I was, I, I mean, by strict definition, I, I made a living, you know, every year. I mean, I mean, 2009 was half a year, but, but in 2010, like I, I made a living by definition, it was very meager living on the mini tours. Um, but, uh, you know, then in 2011, I was on the, the, uh, web.com tour and, and the 2012 to the PGA tour. And now, you know, 2018, here's my sixth season on the PGA tour. Yeah. So, Going back to your going back to your transition out of the out of the Navy, um, you know, did you um, you know, and you can answer this with any with whatever comfort level you have, but did you experience any sort of emotional dilemma from leaving the service and still trying to pursue that that new career? I don't I don't remember any. I mean, like I said, I don't remember any specific emotional dilemma with that. I think that um, certainly the Navy and the military is, is a big part of who I am and, and it'll remain that, you know, for my entire life. Um, and, and I, and I, I enjoy staying close to the Navy and staying close to my friends, you know, who are, who are still active duty. And, you know, one, one of my buddies just, just screened for command. And so he's going to go be the CEO of a destroyer, you know, five years from now or whatever, when that pipeline kind of happens for him and and so like like being able to kind of peripherally still like stay in touch and 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 know what's going on like um that i think in 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 one sense like quenches my thirst for the navy still i mean i I wish i could still i wish i could almost do it do it part-time and go to sea and and and, because that you know is fun i don't i don't i don't want to go on deployment for six months again don't get me wrong there but (laughs) the uh but uh but but you, you know so i one of the things that I've I've learned and, and I've been asked about transition a number of times from from a number of different organizations and what 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 strikes me about transition out of the military is that we act like it snuck up on us we act like it didn't know it was going we didn't know it was going to happen and and that's just and that's silly to me like I knew from the day I graduated the Naval Academy, I knew that I wanted to give myself a chance at professional golf. And I, so that meant I had a five-year commitment to the Navy. And that meant that I was going to do my absolute best to do everything I could to be a great officer in the United States Navy. But that also knew that I, but that also meant I knew that I had a five-year like end point of this. And I knew when that was. And and not everybody has five years where they where they kind of know how that's going to happen. But I think we can all admit that we at least have probably a year 
where we where we know that that transition is going to happen. It's not like we, you know, wake up one day and and we're active duty, and we wake up the next day and 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 we're a civilian, and we didn't know that was going to happen. Um, so so that that's kind of been something that I've thought a lot about, and kind of one of the messages that I like to convey is that we have the opportunity to prepare for this, whether it's getting out after your first four-year enlistment or it's retiring after 20 years of active duty service or, or more, you know, it's coming and, and you can, and you can do things to prepare yourself for that transition while you're still active duty. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, I, I think the the couple exceptions to that, obviously, being those that end up getting medically discharged, right? That's probably sure, more more of absolutely. an abrupt transition. And um, I think that you know, and I served with Marines uh, that were this case where they had the intent of reenlisting, and then some like the military just didn't deliver on a on a good career path for them, and they had to make the difficult sure. decision to get out. So, but I, but I, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that's something that we don't. Um, you know, we don't emphasize enough. And I think that's something that the military is starting to get better in alerting, you know, preparing service members for transition before, before they're, you know, three week out from, uh, right. from yeah, transition. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and, and there certainly are exceptions to that, but you, you, you know, the, the vast majority of us have, have yeah. a, but you're absolutely have, right. Have, you know, at least, at least six months to, to kind of know you're going to transition out. Yeah, and 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 I, you know, I benefited from that, uh, from being able to look out from that uh, as well. When I was in uh, when I was in Moscow, my my first sergeant uh, out there, I was a year and a half away still from getting out. But we were already talking about, you know, how to how to use my education benefits, how to pursue college, how to you know how to consider that part of my life, and uh, you know, and and looking back, that was one of the more successful parts of my transition, right? Because I I had led that uh, that uh, thought way ahead. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, whether whether on the tour or maybe I'd like to maybe have an example from your time in the military, if there's one. What What are some of the cooler or maybe the most unique place that you've golfed? Hmm. So I would say I would say in the in the military, I actually only like I I played two two places on on deployment, um, and. And one was Okinawa, Japan, just on the Air Force Base. And then um, one was uh, was the Philippines. We pulled into Manila, Philippines, and and played there with the Filipino Navy. And that was probably – that's got to be, you know, up there as, as the most unique place um, that I've played, just, just with the way the culture was. I mean, I had a caddy. I had an umbrella girl, like, like literally in a, a girl that carried an umbrella to keep you in the shade. And, um, you, you know, and, and, and obviously with the relative wage scale there, it was, it was near comical what I was paying these people, um, to, to, to do this. And then, and then I remember there was a, there was actually, there was a fence along the border of, of, of one of the holes and there's a guy in a tree with a cooler full of beer and he had a little pulley system with a bucket and you put like, you know, $5 in a bucket and sent it up to him and he sent you five beers back down or something like that for the group so it was um definitely that was probably the most unique place i've played yeah you're not finding that at uh at any american courses i'm sure no no um so you know one of the um 
when we uh, when I first learned about you, Billy, um, you know, and this was over the summer. You were at the time the, the only veteran on the PGA Tour, and, and as far as I know, that's still the case. Um, yeah, correct. And, so I I had this conversation with uh, with Alejandro Villanueva, who's a, a lineman for the Steelers mm-hmm. and, and an Army vet. What, just, if you can, just share your experience or your perspective on being sort of the the veteran, quote unquote, in a space and um you know knowing that your uh you know your comments in cer- on in uh you know certain aspects of life are going to be highlighted a little bit more because you're the veteran in that space have you experienced anything like that yeah i i certainly have i mean you know as as the only veteran on the PGA tour i, I do take it very seriously um and and you know representing the you know, the Naval Academy, the Navy and, and the military as a, as a whole, like that, that's something that I count a great honor and privilege, but also something that I take very seriously and want to do very well, you know? So in in that sense, I still consider myself like, you know, a uh, ambassador for, you know, the military and and much the way I'm I'm sure Alejandro does in the NFL. And, and I think that um, the, so the PGA tour as an organization, as, as, as a group of players is, is one of the more pro military organizations I've ever seen and never, ever, ever experienced. And, and certainly the, the group of players are, are very pro uh, pro military and very um, appreciative of, of all of the military and, and everything that, that, that the military does for our country. I think that that's one of the unique things about the tour and about the players of the tour. And, um, and so like you definitely have, have, have that sense, you know, from, from my fellow players. And, and and there is a, I, there, there's an unspoken respect. I think that, that I get from my fellow players that has nothing to do with how well I play golf. Um, it just has to do with where I came from and what I did before I played golf. And, and, and then, you know, finally the, the, some of the more, the more comical pieces of it are, are, you know, they'll, they'll ask me like if I have any inside information on some current events in the, in, in the world, you know, and, and, and I'm like, guys, I gave up my security clearance. Like I'm, I'm reading Fox news and CNN, just like you all. So yeah. like, I, I don't know anything, yeah. you know, but, uh, but but I but I can at least you know provide a unique perspective um, about those things and and say you know we've got plenty of uh, we've got plenty of capabilities and assets to co- cover that I wouldn't be too worried or you know like oh yeah it's interesting I was over there in that in that you know theater and and this is you know what it felt like and and, and those kind of things so um, that's that that's maybe the more the more comical piece is they they think that I've got inside information. Yeah, I always I find it really, especially I've reached an interesting point in uh, in my life in that I have now been a veteran longer than I was a service member, and I feel like mm. I am more aware of what it's like to be a post military veteran than it is to be a service member. So when people are asking me like, oh, like how do you think the Marines feel about this? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't been, <laughs> I didn't I haven't lived right. in the barracks in like over a decade. <laughs> like I don't know how they feel about right, that. Right. I can tell you how the veterans at the VFW might feel about it, but I don't know how <laughs> Marines feel about it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, but because, you know, the qualifier for being a veteran is your service and, you know, people just, uh, sort of, uh, you know, they, they, you know, your, 
not expected, but you know, they assume that you, there's still that sort of connection. So, um, absolutely. Tell me, tell me about a, a skill set or a discipline or some sort of something you learned or, or um, gained from your time in the military that you think is contributing to your success today. Yeah, there's there's two big skills that that I think really um, translate. I mean, most people, especially coming out of the Naval Academy and then going to be a service warfare officer, they say, you know, I graduated a degree in quantitative economics and what does quantitative economics have to do with driving a ship? And the answer is absolutely nothing, you know, and, and, and what is, and what is, you know, driving a ship have to do with playing golf and absolutely nothing, right? Like they're, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, congruent skills. They, they don't, they don't lend each other to do themselves that, that much, but the overarching ideas of, of um, certainly mental toughness is, is one you know, if you're not mentally tough at the Naval Academy, you're not there very long because that's kind of the whole game is, is, is are you going to, you know, mentally withstand this, you know, your body will physically withstand it. It's not that big of a deal, but mentally, can you, can you overcome, you know, all the things that are being thrown at you? And so that's definitely a big skill that, um, in a, in certainly a individual sport, there's no one to pick me up. I mean, I certainly I have my caddy who I rely on and we have conversations about being frustrated or being happy or being sad or being upset or, or what to do next and stuff. But there's, there's no teammate who can, you know, if, 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 if I go for four, he can go three for four and we can still win. Right. That doesn't, doesn't happen in golf. That's not how it works. And um, so, so you have to be mentally tough. You have to be able to overcome that adversity that we kind of started out talking about. That, that just happens in every everyday life. It happens in every round of golf. And um, and then the second skill, and, and maybe uh, equally as important, I don't, I don't know, probably maybe more important, as especially as I get further along in my career, is, is, is time management. You can very quickly distinguish on board ship the junior officers who know how to manage their time and those who don't. And those, you know, those who are spending their time and energy on the right things and those who are spending their time and energy on the wrong things. And so, you know, the Naval Academy with, you know, the course load and the the military structure and then certainly playing Division One sport for me, you know, left you with not a lot of time to do anything but that, which was, you know, most important. And similarly on board ship, you know, is just managing the time and knowing knowing what needs to get done first. and and so I definitely carry time management over into my career on tour. It's, um, it can be a total circus on the PGA tour and you can get pulled in, you know, 13 directions by, you know, 15 different people. And, um, if you're not careful and, and guard your time and, and make sure you're doing what you need to do to prepare to play the golf tournament. So mental toughness and, and time management are really the two big skills that, that I point to that the Navy and the Naval Academy taught me that I still use today. Yeah, I'm really glad you pointed out time management too and specifically guarding your time because I think that um, that is just in in life in general that is one of the best disciplines to be able to have is being able to guard your time whether professionally or personally uh, to be able to prioritize what needs to get done. Absolutely. So uh, we'll wrap up with this, Billy. Uh, give me a, a veteran or a veteran service organization um, that you're familiar with that has you excited about what they're doing right now. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, you know, there, there's 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 a there's a couple, um, and I guess uh, so. Um, 
I'd say I'd say the one who I'm really impressed with right now, who's really grown their um, their footprint and seems to be just on a great trajectory, is the Travis Mannion Foundation. And um, Travis was a classmate of mine at the Naval Academy. He was the captain of the wrestling team when I was the captain of the golf team our senior year. And uh, he, he uh, commissioned in the Marine Corps, and then he was ultimately killed in action in Afghanistan in 2007. And um, and then and then his his family started um, this this foundation, the Travis Mannion Foundation, and, and they kind of do a whole lot for um, for veterans and their families, and and probably even more specifically for for uh, survivor families, I guess. And um, the trajectory that I've seen them, you know, grow over the last eight to 10 years has just been pretty remarkable. And, and so they're, they're doing a lot of good stuff. Um, and, and then, you know, I'm actually really excited about, um, and, and this is, will kind of be the first public announcement of this, but we're launching the uh, Billy Hurley, the third foundation. And so that's going to have, um, we hope to have that kind of buttoned up and, and, and under the roof in early 2018 through, uh, through all the paperwork. And, and then that's going to focus on military families and, and, and kind of, you know, the idea that, Obviously, you know the service member is, is sacrificing a lot, but so are the families who are who are left behind on on deployment or or just you know with everyday you know stress of of being in the military. So that's kind of going to be one of the primary focuses of of our foundation and something that my wife and I feel pretty strongly about. Very cool, Billy Hurley the third. Only veteran currently on the PGA Tour. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we appreciate uh, your insight on your career, both in the military and in golf. And, of course, sir, thank you for your service to our country. All right. Thanks, Tim. Go Navy. Beat Army. Getting out of the military, I was missing this camaraderie. It's frustrating when you try and talk to people that don't understand. I still had the anger. I still had the addictions. But we didn't talk about that came to a point where it's like, okay, I really need to talk to somebody about this. Family more or less encouraged me, you know, go go to the VA. It's okay to go get help. It's okay to talk to people because it takes true strength to ask for help. Hear veterans' real stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. So now when you're flipping through the channels and you come across the PGA Tour uh, in 2018 and you see Billy Hurley's name on the screen, you can... Tell your friends a fun fact that that is, in fact, as of now, the only veteran on the PGA Tour. This week's Medal of Honor citation reading is for the Medal of Honor awarded to Captain Maurice L. Britt, U.S. Army veteran, awarded during World War II. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life and beyond the call of duty, disdaining enemy hand grenades and close-range machine pistol, machine gun, and rifle, Lieutenant Britt inspired and led a handful of men in repelling a bitter counterattack by a bitter counterattack by approximately 100 Germans against his company positions north of Milano, Italy, the morning of 10 November 1943. During the intense firefight, Lieutenant Britt's canteen and field glasses were shattered, a bullet pierced his side, his chest, face, and hands were covered with grenade wounds. Despite his wounds, for which he refused to accept medical attention until ordered to do so by his battalion commander following the battle, he personally killed five and wounded in an unknown number of Germans, wiped out an enemy machine gun crew, fired five clips of carbine and an undetermined amount of M1 rifle ammunitions, and threw 32 fragmentation grenades. 
His bold, aggressive actions, utterly disregarding superior enemy numbers, resulted in the capture of four Germans, two of them wounded, and enabled several captured Americans to escape. Lieutenant Britt's undaunted courage and prowess in arms were largely responsible for repulsing a German counterattack which, if successful, would have isolated his battalion and destroyed his company. We honor his service. That wraps up episode 71. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know there's a lot of options out there for entertainment, so I appreciate you spending time listening to these powerful stories from our veterans. If you enjoy the show, please take the time to go into your pod listener of choice, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify even, and leave us a rating and review that helps us tremendously. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at DEPT Vet Affairs for more stories and images from our community. I hope everybody has a wonderful and safe New Year's. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. Yeah.